0: Downing, Downing tees it into the box, and there's a host of people going for it. Kudre
1: heads it down, Hasselbank, edge of the area goes down, no free kick is given. Jimmy's still on the floor. Hits, but here's Jimmy Downing. Downing there. Downing running beyond the fullback. Whips a great looking ball in Hitler.
2: Welcome back everybody to the Middlesbrough podcast. Um, as many of you all know, um, in the US and in the United Kingdom. Um, today is Remembrance Day, uh, Veterans Day for everybody in the United States. Um, we thought it would be uh, pretty poignant to uh, go ahead and, and just give everybody give everybody the level of respect that this day does deserve in our, in our history. Um, and we would like to read to you uh, a poem. Um, it's called, But in Flanders Fields. And it's by John McCrea, who was a uh, Canadian um, and ultimately died uh, during the war. Uh, and the poem goes like this In Flanders fields, the poppies blow between the crosses, row on row, that mark our place. And in the sky, the larks still bravely singing fly, scarce heard among amid the guns below. We are the dead, short days ago. We lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders' fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe, to you from failing hands we throw. The torch be yours to hold it high, if you break faith with us who die. We shall not sleep, though puppies grow in Flanders' fields. gentlemen thank you for that um
0: greg for for our american listeners can you talk a little bit about you know what the pop wearing the poppy means um and and really you know all that remembrance day is in the united kingdom
2: yeah sure certainly um i think obviously everybody's pretty familiar with with the poppy being kind of this uh quintessential um symbol of, of, of memorial and remembrance um it probably wasn't um up until i was certainly quite a little bit older i, I wasn't sure what it was even though i've i've got a, a degree in history um it was just something that was always around and somebody was always wearing them or someone you always, always already knew was wearing them around this time of the year um obviously we had remembrance sunday uh, just gone uh, and obviously um the 11th of November, which it is uh, today, is, is Armistice Day, uh, for everybody's information. If you're not familiar in the, uh, in, in the, the history of, of the First World War, the Armistice was signed. Uh, the guns fell silent on the 11th month, uh, the 11th day, the 11th hour, the 11th minute, on the 11th second. Uh, so it's all the 11s. Um, and yeah, I think it's just still a really important um, opportunity for people to... To basically pay, uh, pay homage and and to respect those who ultimately gave their their lives for what was probably a, a very, um, in many people's uh, interpretation, a pretty pointless war. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's pretty it's still pretty important, especially for um, for me personally. I had a, a great grandfather who fought and, and and survived after the war, and obviously if it wasn't. For him surviving, I wouldn't be here today, so it's pretty important, so definitely.
0: Thank you for sharing that. And, and for um, our listeners who, who are in the United Kingdom, uh, Veterans Day here in the United States is a time where we're able to reflect on uh, not necessarily the sacrifice but the service uh, that our veterans, you know, folks who have served in the military and have since left, uh, ha- have given to us. So, you know, Brad and I would just like to extend our deepest thanks to the folks um, you know, in our families and in this country, who've kept us safe all this time, we we deeply, deeply appreciate it.
1: Absolutely, it's a it's a it's a day that holds a lot of meaning for for people, especially with family. I know in my family specifically, we we get to reflect on family history and whatnot. It's a it's an important thing to do,
2: especially at times like these. So, Cuba's. absolutely.
0: That being said, I can't think of you know any better way to you know talk about things that we're passionate about than than discussing borough. So so let's begin, guys. Let's look at that that draw against Bradford. Um, what were y'all's thoughts on on another goose egg of a match? Uh,
1: you know, I'm I'm quite content with it. Um, I th- I th- I believe I predicted a draw going in no I predicted a win in our in our text chat but I was hesitant I I really probably wanted to put a draw but I was feeling confident. Um I think like we said this this game and the the Norwich game coming up next those are probably going to be the toughest two toughest games that we're going to have of this first 15 stretch I think and it's um I think to come out of there with a point against that team I think that's huge. Um I don't know. What do you think, Greg? No, I
2: mean, I think you hit the nail nail on the head. Um, it's a very, very tough game. Um, you know, I think Brentford had sold a couple of players this, this season, uh, but mm-hmm. they've still brought in some <laughs> some good quality players. Um, yeah. I just think, you know, you, you can't... I, I need to go back and watch the game, because unfortunately this, uh, this weekend I was out of town and I didn't have a chance to watch it, but the The highlights that I did see, and from the the discussions that were obviously going on on the Twitter sphere over the week you know while the scores were coming in, and you know it sounded like we played very well again um and I think <laughs> you know we're waiting for this kind of bubble to burst you know this this mm-hmm. potential you know run of form to kind of just end um and at the moment, I just don't see. You know where that's kind of going to come from at the moment because we're just consistently putting out performance. Yeah. You know against against teams who are technically or theoretically better than us. If you if you read the, you know the pre match form and so yeah, I'm really happy with it. Um, yeah. I think Norwich, a point. I think a
0: yeah. I think a point on the road is is pretty well deserved. You sure, know yeah. It, yeah. it it does draw some questions in my mind, and and we talked about squad depth last episode right but you know seven shots total you know that's that's not a lot and and you look at the other side of the but ball I mean that, brentford, brentford yeah they only
1: had seven shots as well right right
0: right right so i mean you've you've got a solid defense that's yeah, fantastic I mean that, but i think you know it does beg the question if we're not getting a lot of chances and the chances we are getting we aren't finishing you know what in the team needs to change to to get us there. I mean, drawing every game of the season isn't going to put us where we need to be. No, and um, um, draws um, better than losses. Go ahead, Brad. I was just going to say. I think
1: I think this game is very unique in the sense that um, the way it reads on a stat sheet is it's kind of just a standstill, if you will, where both teams are kind of deadlocked in the midfield, not getting much pressure inside each other's attacking third. I mean, you look at Brentford, just shy of 500 passes amongst them. Um, they That's that's a lot of ball movement, but to only get seven shots out of that, that makes me think that ball was swinging right through the middle of the field and that back third quite a bit. And um, The Borough, pretty per usual, with, with much less passes and much less possession, Probably thriving off of the counter-attacking play, um, just punching it long and getting some runs off that. But um, I think I think this is a kind of game where, evidently, Brentford was able to control the pace. And even so, they didn't—they weren't allowed to get inside our our bubble, and we did all we could on the counter attack. But I think this is one. Of, I think this is where the style of ball that Burr is playing right now kind of it doesn't hurt them but it doesn't necessarily give them an advantage because Brentford was clearly very content just hanging on to the ball and passing it around almost 500 times um and so if you've got a team like that who's patient and can wait for those opportunities you know it it doesn't give you as much of an opportunity to go and get yours um and like you said you have to make the most of those and to only see one shot on target it's tough but i mean i i hesitate to pass much judgment on that because it's the same same mark on the other side of the ball so um it's it's a it's a it it, it's like we said it was a really well it was it was a tough game and played well on both sides evidently to lead a point each
2: yeah i think um you know looking at the looking at the stats and you know i think ultimately the the expected goals from the game as well. Talk about it again this week, and it, it was the fairest result out of all of the championship results this weekend. So, um, yeah, I think you know taking that into account, you know the back four game just you know absolutely monstrous. Um, you know Johnny Howson coming in as captain, you know leading the team, played really yes, well. Sir.
1: You know, um,
2: and Dyke Steele and and Bola look like two completely different players than what we thought we'd signed when we signed them last year. So, it just shows They're tanks that,
1: back there, man. Those yeah, are
2: tanks I mean, of fullbacks. They look great. Yeah. I mean, all, all of our attacking prowess was was essentially coming from the wings, which is the formation that we're playing. We're not going to play a lot of the ball through midfield because we just don't have that type of, uh, you know, quality, um, you know, passer and and, and players yeah. who want to hold onto the ball. So, um. You know, uh, it's definitely. I'd say that's a point gained rather than two points lost. Which I would. I would agree. The Blackburn game was two points lost. versus a point gained. Mm-hmm.
1: It's. Also, um, uh, go ahead. I was just gonna say one thing. I I liked to see it didn't end up panning out too much. Um, but it was the the Lewis wing substitution? Um yeah. <laughs> Forced, forced hand by George having a family thing come up. Uh, so I've read. Yeah. But you know, I think for the sake of his lungs, his body, heading into an international week for him, where he'll feature in both of those games, or one, two games. I think it's two games. Um, he's got yeah, he's years. got the
0: Euro playoff final against Slovakia, and then um, like a UEFA Nations League.
1: Yeah, so I, he'll he'll play in both those, and so I think um, for his sake and our sake, just to have him get a little more time before that, um, jump into that. I mean, he'd be going into that gas. If he played uh played this brand for game, I mean this is a tough hard fought game uh, that led to nothing, so um Wing obviously didn't look great. a lot of people were talking about how he was a yard slower on the pitch than everybody else. It mm-hmm. um, goes to nice. show why and that goes to show why we haven't seen him um, but you know if we, if he can go out there and help us secure even a point, I think there's value in saving lungs and body and form for later in the season and giving someone like Lewis wing the opportunity to go out and get his season legs about him outside of the practice pitch. Um, Maybe he doesn't look great. Maybe he's not flashy and shiny and he's not your brand new Rolls Royce that Warnock's always talking about in Steel. but you know what? He's a jalopy that goes out there and finishes the game. Doesn't look pretty, does it. Um, And maybe next week he comes in with a new little shine on him new rims who knows um you know but i'm not i'm not expecting to see him a whole lot more based on that performance but i think there is there's value to getting someone like that the exposure um and so i i was glad to see it um i think after kind of hearing about the way he played i think marcus brown is someone that i'd like to see more featured than wing um and evidently roberts but Still not entirely sure what the whole deal is with Roberts not playing. You know, with Savile, with Savile out, I figured Roberts would have been the natural filler, but just interesting decisions all around.
2: Yeah, I think you got to look at it and think from a defensive point of view. You know, Savile's going to get around the pitch and put himself about a little bit more, and you know, Patrick Roberts is a bit more of a luxury, luxury player. You know, when you've got that level of yeah of you know involvement you know, needing to pick up a point and continue in the good form. I mean if you just look at, you know <laughs> our our last you know, our last you know, our last defeat was the first day of the season, right, in the league. Yeah. Um is that the wofford game? Yeah the wofford game, yeah. yeah. So how how long ago does that feel like now? I mean mm. lost Watford, lost Barnsley and then we haven't That's been too long the ago, man.
1: Work goes yeah. so fast. <laughs> Big time. So <laughs>
2: um you know I'm I'm you know I wouldn't say i'm over the moon but i'm pretty damn close to being into orbit so it's
1: there are there are good vibes um things are building up we are waiting to come over that hump is how i put mm-hmm. it you know it's like yeah it's right there we're reaching for it we haven't quite grasped it and, you know that's that's that finishing form that's the what is it 20 shots on goal the last game and not even a quarter of them on target yeah um i mean that's that's where you clean those kinds of things up that's i think it's a black yeah 20 shots and only three on so i mean that's that's what you look for in that that next step of elevation you know our defense is solid our midfielders for the most part are controlling the play fairly well it's it's that final third we need people that can go out there and put the ball in the back of the net and chuba proved to be able to do it early um I don't know. It's, it's quality chances. We need to find m- more quality chances.
0: Uh, he That's had one that, that that he should have. It, it, looking at the info goal, it said uh, he had a 58% chance of of hammering home. So You know, like on any other day, he, he might bury that. That might be a completely different scoreline. But I think, to your point, Brad, about getting over the hump, we're about to enter into a period of just fixture after fixture after fixture after fixture and i think we're really going to be able to see you know guys who i feel like because with the international break um previously and then this one currently you know folks have been i don't want to say limiting their self but i think you're going to enter into a period where guys are going to need to give more more often than mm-hmm. not especially with our depth issues which we've you know discussed yeah so I think these these coming games um, are going to prove real decision makers as to you know where are we um, when the dust settles and 18 points through roughly the first quarter of games in the championship, not bad. You know, I think pretty pretty good, fantastic. Honestly, you know, I I remember last year, Brad. It was like just a struggle to get them to get like the 12 necessary to survive <laughs> <laughs> like it was like where yeah. are we gonna find the points and now it's like okay well where can we find two extra points it's it's just like
1: yeah it's a different mindset which is nice um i think i think the i was just looking at it we've got about 11 games till the new year and correct me if i'm wrong but i believe january 1 is when the transfer window opens correct yes um so we got 11 games till then equal stretch to pretty much where we're at right now i believe um yep i think in What's that next off? stretch uh in that next stretch you're gonna have to see a lot of people. The uh the Hayden Colsons are gonna have to step up. He's gonna have to go lay it all on the line when he gets his performances and expect that he's getting the next game off because he went out there and absolutely just busted a gut. Um I mean you it's gonna be great to get Grant Hall back. We've got him coming back soon. Um, that'll give some rotation for those center backs. Maybe we see Patty back up in the midfield. Who knows what we see. Um but uh i think that's going to be great i think you're going to have to see marcus brown if he's still on our roster come january come off, 1
0: come off the bench well i mean even even in this fixture list right up until january 1 i think he'll yeah be i mean we're featured.
1: we need we need we need guys that can come in give we need we need 90 minutes of lungs we need 100% effort and we need quality and i think that's where people are going to separate themselves i think these next 11 games if marcus brown is given the chance are going to be real proving grounds moments for him um Because he's obviously got the one goal in the season um, that that secured us a point, but I mean he hasn't been given much else of an opportunity, and so I think I think if he is, it's it's going to be huge. Because I think he's still I don't think Neil's convinced on holding on to him through this next transfer window if he can get a couple more bodies in on the team. Um,
2: Yeah, he's basically played like an hour of competitive football. Yeah, Um, I'm sure he probably
0: wants. You know, oh, one play time. Yeah, it potentially an exit. I would like to give a quick shout out to our goalkeeper. Um, bettenelli has really Dude. just outdone himself, and I feel like you know a lot of times we are very quick to we, as in the sports media, um, are very quick to point out keepers' faults. However, I feel like we never address when they do well because you you don't you know. You don't really think about it all that much because they're just like not yeah. scoring. You're more focused on like, okay, well, our offense isn't doing well. So, tip my hat to you, Mister Betnelli. Uh, we do appreciate your services.
1: Yeah, that's that's he's he's the rock at our defensive core. There, I mean, we without Bet bets, I don't I don't think Stoyanovich has anything close to the results we've seen with with bets. Um, no, so I think that's I think that's a huge, huge tribute to him and what he's been able to give the team in a boost um yeah what do you think greg next 11 games
2: yes yeah, it's gonna to be tough i mean um i won't lie it's exactly as you've already called out you know we've got some some really tough fixtures but then i look at it a little bit more in detail and think you know got derby at home you know kaku might have got sacked by then like we talked about last week they lost again this weekend um you know, we've got Huddersfield there, you know, they're doing okay, but, you know, they're not, you know, killing anybody. Swansea, you know, that's going to be the litmus test, because we saw those guys against uh, the uh, Project Restart Middlesbrough under Woodgate, and that was an absolute freaking disaster. Um,
1: <laughs> well, so is everything related to Woodgate, so that's... Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs>
2: pretty much. Um, so we'll see how it goes, but, yeah, I think... We've always struggled um, in and around Christmas, and I know this feels like a, a bit of a long playing record for a lot of Boer fans because it seems like we always have done. Last year was the opposite. We played shit for the whole season, and then we came good at Christmas. So
1: I was going to say, um, that's that's what I remember reading, is that was Woodgate's one redeeming factor, was he yeah, did very well right around Christmas.
2: Exactly. Everybody else must have been,
1: you know, on
2: the... On the on the, on the Christmas turkey, and they weren't interested. And Woodgate was
1: like, "No, we're going to
2: turn a few he, people's heads." He must
1: have put him on a keto diet, and not let them have right. any, any meat. <laughs> that's right. You're not, falling, uh, you're not falling asleep with this bird. Um, exactly. So yeah.
2: yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing these next eleven games, and I think we'll still be in a similar position if we don't get any serious injuries. Hum. Yeah.
1: It's. Oh, sorry. I was just going to cut in. I was going to say, I think it'll be a. It's going to be a push to that uh, mid-season break for the. Uh, the uh, transfers, that's where we're going to get some help. But uh, I think for us, that's where we're going to take a break. and
0: We'll be right back, folks. We'll discuss uh, Norwich, the rumor mill, and of course, our beloved international break. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, so, so Greg, you you kind of left us there on, on a little bit of a cliffhanger. You know what my thoughts were for these next uh, 10, 10 or so fixtures, and I'm going to look. Uh, I think we should start talking with Norwich. Um, this is a team that we're really going to be testing our weight um, in gold, because I think you know this is a a, a club that has come down. It, it's a A yo-yo club goes up, comes back down, you know, and I feel like they've maintained several key signings, which I thought they were going to let go, folks like Todd Cantwell. Um, I I thought they may release their manager, um, but they seem to be pretty stuck in. Timo Pukki, which we talked about last week on the pod, I think this club has a lot of uh, offensive prowess, and I think this might be one of the better tests as to how well can we handle a lot of stress you know, and teams that are really going to try and run run down at us. Now, I think, you know, a lot of our benefits is our defense is so strong. Benton Lally's fantastic. Um, the question is, are we going to be able to catch them out? And that's really what, you know, I think will determine the rest of our season is when are we going to find the opportunities to, to intercept the balls and then make the most on a break? Because I feel like that's kind of where our goals are. Um, tend to come from because whenever we're dominating possession you know and we're just like swinging balls into the box can't seem to find the back of the net uh, so I think it needs to be more like chance encounters that we get get those goal opportunities and, uh, yeah
2: so n- go ahead as you said Norwich at top of the form table at the moment like you said um, yeah. after five the last five games they're, they're first um, you know, if I may ask as where are, you- are we uh, we're third. We're only uh, three points. What are you looking at? The farm table for the last five games. Oh, for the last five. I got you, I got you. Yeah, so we've uh, five played, four goals scored, one, one conceded, uh, nine, nine points. Norwich are on 11, so they've got uh, two points more. But, you know, I think overall their squad is still very strong, and I think we touched on it again last week. You know, I think everybody who knew kind of their plan was to kind of get promoted and, and then not, you know, spend... You know, hundred million pounds like Villa did um, <laughs> to try and stay in the league. They knew that that wasn't going to be their plan. They're, they're going to try and be similar to West Brom uh, in the past. You know, I would say the past sort of fifteen, ten, fifteen years, West Brom have kind of done this. They've gone up and gone down, and gone up and gone down, and and just kind of build every year. Um, so I think that's kind of the sort of club that they're w- wanting to be. Um, they're not going to spend a fortune, but yeah. They they obviously play with a very international uh, European style of football, and um, you know they've just got good strength all over the field. Um, Just understated players who just get on and do the job, and um, a couple of local lads, obviously John Hugel and and Ben Gibson. So it should be a little bit tasty and see see how it goes uh, when we get back after the internationals.
1: Yeah, it's. uh... They're they're a hot team. I mean, I look at the the league table and they're sitting twenty one points tied with Watford, and mm-hmm. the only team above Watford and Norwich is Reading, who's lost three of the last five, three in a row to be exact. Um, yeah. I I'm going to go on out on a limb, and I don't think Reading's going to stay number one on the table yeah, for no. another game. I I think I think they're, they're dropping. Uh, I think they're on, Brad. I think they're a hot form team in the beginning of the season, but I think they are uh, reaching the peak, uh, I don't know how much more they're going to be able to hang with people. I mean, I don't know. I just, they didn't strike me as a team that was that all that impressive, uh, to be completely honest. And so I think that'll be, I think basic. what I'm trying to say is we're going up against arguably the number one team in the championship this next game. Um, and I think that's going to be a big testament to where we stand. Uh, obviously Brentford is sitting right there a couple spots down as well, so a draw with them, puts us level with them, and I I don't think it's out of the question to grab a point, but I think the style of play we've had, it's going to be tough to put one in the net um, against a team like this.
0: I think it's interesting, you know, you talk about playing a top team in the league, and, and I think about our fixtures. You know, we've had Bournemouth, we've had Watford, we've had Brentford, we'd have Blackburn. You know, all of these clubs, right, to me, and, and Reading, who is currently top of top of the table, um, w- with them being the most notable exception, I feel like all of these clubs at any point in time could occupy one of the s- six top spots. Uh-huh. Um, a- and... You know, so I, I think this is more a comment on, on the depth of the league, right? It, it really yeah, it, anybody could beat anybody, uh, but the fact that we are hanging around with them, you know, I think we we've gotten Neil Warnock as advertised, and I mean, actually think he's been better than what I thought he was going to do. Um, I, if you yeah, told me, if you told me, like eleven matches through the season, we've only conceded five uh, with one loss. You know, that's pretty pretty ridiculous. And and if we we are to continue this form, you know, I think. Um, I was reading uh, a piece in the Gazette. He said, um, you know, he wants to be within one or two points of playoffs come, like, the final stretch, you know, and I think he's going to be able to get us there, and, and I think, you know, we might have a, a sneaky playoff run um, ahead of us. I'd, I'd take him over anybody um, in the championship, but ultimately I think it's going to come down to, you know, when, when we get these opportunities to play these teams, can we take points away from them? Um, splitting points is great obviously you never want to lose a game but i think you know what's going to separate the haves and the have-nots in the championship are, is can you put teams to bed and right now we yeah. haven't we haven't been able we've we've lulled people to sleep
1: but now we gotta now we now,
0: now we've got to put them to bed like it needs, it needs we have to happen
1: yeah we have we have the league high number of draws with six draws um which, like you said, not a bad thing, but you want to see more. And what it kind of feels like is we're hanging right around that playoff bubble, and I don't know that we've shown or done quite enough to put ourselves in contention with like bursting through that bubble and saying like, "Oh yeah, Middlesbrough's definitely going to be hanging around." Like I feel like right now is a real proving grounds moment for the team um, in the sense that it's like, okay, they've made it through the last ten without losing. That's huge. Can they continue that? You know, like I think these this next three games, even like I think the Derby game is honestly going to be huge, just because it's we came off two big games. Don't fall asleep at the wheel, you know. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about that?
0: I think. I think i feel like i know you said this proving ground and i, and I agree to an extent but i i kind of look at the up the table right and we've played bristol we beat them we've drawn with bournemouth we lost to watford we drawn with reading so you know of the clubs of the six clubs above us we have played three and we'll play the fourth um momentarily and i think mm-hmm. i to me the club is a contender to make a playoff push. Um, I wouldn't put them up there with an automatic bid yet. However, you know, if you beat Norwich, I'm going to assume it's like a 1-0, right? You actually go ahead of them on goal difference and then you're at, um, you know, you're at a point where, or you're, you're tied with them, excuse me, on goal, on goal difference. So I just think, um. You know, all it takes is, like, if, if two of those draws become wins, right now we're in the driver's seat of the championship, which is crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we just need to maintain... I, I continue to, to think back to what Mark said. You know, it's all about how do you plateau? And and is that decline, you know, steep? Or or is it... Uh, what's the opposite of steep? Uh, what is the opposite of steep? Shallow. 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 There we go. <laughs> um, sorry, brain brain conundrum and i wonder you know where i don't think we've hit our apex yet not sure we're going to uh, <laughs> until a little later and i'm just kind of curious as to, w- to what that's going to be
1: okay i think i think the one thing that draws concern for me is the fact that um i guess it's not necessarily what i think but what other teams have described is like you know burr a team that just like they don't allow you to play football you know they they halt the the pace of the game this that and it's like it almost sounds like we're playing not to lose you know the the way a lot of other teams are describing playing us and the way that their teams form their their play is halted and it's like they never talk about feeling threatened by the borough offensive you know it's we only have 9 goals scored on the season you know that's not super intimidating you look at all the teams above us when in the one through six spot having at least 13 goals scored on the season that's four more than us um i mean that's 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 what we really need is we need to we need to see more more of an aggressive take from the team you know we're 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 a very safe playing team which isn't like you said not bad but is that really what's going to be able to carry us through to that one to two point removed from playoffs come the end of the season i don't know
0: Uh, and i think that kind of brings up a, a A point, Brett, where you know, and Greg, feel free to jump in. But you know, I feel like Neil Warnock's play style isn't hyper aggressive. It's 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 like um, you're grabbing somebody by their arm and you're twisting it around so that way they can no longer play the way they want to. And I feel like that's kind of what his mentality is. And if we we if we get goals, fantastic. Obviously, we should. And and I don't think we play for draws. Um, but I feel like the man has a proven record of success that I think he will get us to the point where we can <laughs> where we can make that jump and and I know we're not like Daniel Faka or um, uh, what's the Watford guy Ivan P- Pavic or Pivovich or Ivanovic, terrible, um, you know or shoot <laughs> even Eddie Howe's former friend I forget his name at Bournemouth, um, you know uh, I think you are getting a older manager who is from a different time and he is applying the lessons that he's learned to a modern football club and and now you're seeing the results right it's okay you're you're gonna lose a game every now and again you're not going to score a lot of goals but you're going to be in contention and i think mm-hmm. for a club like burr that's all you could really ask for coming off of last season i, I don't yeah. know greg what do you think
2: no i definitely agree and i think I feel like there's definitely a a similar but different style of play from uh, Warnock and, and Tony who Obviously, was there before before Woodgate was given the the opportunity. Um, <laughs> I feel like Pulis was always like safety first, like wasn't trying to score goals, but wasn't trying to concede goals. Um, I feel like under Warnock, we are playing with a definitive style. Um, whereby we are trying to play decent football, we're trying to play down the wings, use the strength of our pace on the wings and try and get that you know that cheeky goal you know from a defensive mistake or get a, a goal from a set piece, and then everybody's just really organized and everybody's just playing with a, a real level of understanding in the system that they are being asked to um, with other managers, you just get the, the the sense that that just is not the case um and And just think, like, if you're going to work every day and you know exactly what people want you to do and you know exactly what your friend is doing and you know exactly what to do if your friend can't do it, you know, you're going to be pretty happy doing what you're going to do because the communication's there, there's an understanding. Um, You know, and just because we don't have a fancy, you know, foreign coach or we don't have, you know, ex-Premier League players and uh, a ton of stuff, um, you know we should be moving forward in a good way. And I
1: think we're in a good position right now. I think that's a, that's a fair assessment, I guess. Um, well, speaking of moving forward, uh, we have a fun little segment, I guess it's turned into on this. This podcast is uh, the rumor mill. Uh, what do you, what do you think the rumor mill coming up, ham?
0: Oh, baby. The mill has been churning all week. <laughs> um, you know, we, you, you guys mentioned work really being really fast. Well, we've been working overtime here at the mill. Um, and, and I have a lot of hot goss to share with y'all. So the the good word from the good book is that Grant Hall has started to return to the fold. However, Neil's not expecting him to be back at least for about three weeks, um, getting up to match. And, oh, and man! Even, and even then, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna find his way back into the team, and I don't necessarily think we need him.
1: Um, I would I would caution that three weeks down the line, that's that's a good num- that's a good number that's that's 8 or that's 7 or 8 games down the line um i'd be hesitant to say we don't need a guy like grant hall i think at the very least we need him for a set of lungs like we've talked about um we got the international break which is basically two
2: you know two weeks of 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 not playing and not you know not having to worry about two games there so um he could probably be back for the derby game he might be on the bench for the derby game so
1: i'd be i'd be okay with that yeah,
2: yeah, I think those, I, those big lads, Those big lads need some, need some extra yeah. time. Huh. Yeah, absolutely.
0: The heifers. Yeah. And, uh, well,
1: Greg, or you what go are you guys. What you trying to call a heifer? The, you know, <laughs> uh,
0: Dale Fry, that's a heifer. Uh, Rand <laughs> that's a heifer. Yeah. Uh, anybody in that bag for. Hayden Coulson? Uh not oh, a heifer. heifer. Greyhound. <laughs> <Not> a... <laughs> a greyhound? What, a greyhound? Uh, okay, so we've got the Greyhounds and the heffas. <laughs> okay. Um
1: uh, well Grant Hall's coming back in a couple weeks, like we said. Uh Sam Morsey seems to be on the up and up as well. Uh what was that? Just a little hamstring snag or yeah. yeah. Just nothing too nothing crazy serious. didn't sound like. Uh, just yeah. something something he wanted to give him a game or two for and um maybe we maybe we see him for the Norch game coming up. Who knows? Um It'd be better I actually, sport, I, guess.
0: I think, I think having him for that game would be pretty good because I feel like he's really good at disrupting play. Uh, him I he think he's in, fantastic at it, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and I and yep. I think that might. I mean, I just remember in the clip of him, like disrupting play, but also delivering that saucy ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think like you know we talked about well we can score goals on the counter. That's a guy you need yeah. on the counter. Um, yeah.
1: He's very productive when he is able to disrupt play. You know, he's like... It's it's like it's like he's already thought three moves ahead of what he's going to do when he disrupts the play, you know? Like, before he... It's, it's great to watch. Um, yeah, so he's coming back. And then, last but not least, we have Sav, uh, who was unable to make that last game, like we mentioned, for a family emergency. Shouldn't be anything too far past that, right? No, um, yeah, well, should be... F- well... He should be fit, but then obviously they're what? traveling,
2: and yeah, potentially he could get freaking sick, so... Yeah. We'll see. Well, We'll
1: see what let's, happens. Uh, let's not think about it too much, and, you know, maybe it won't happen. Who knows? Definitely. Uh, well, Ham, what's this, what's this news about a new guy? Oh. Oh. Yeah. Trust me. So the lads at the Mill
0: um, office have been pretty busy as well. We have recently signed um, a U... 18 I think he's under 18 player Isaac Fletcher um, who was playing with the u-18s he he got he was doing so well that they moved him up to the u-23 where he scored a hat-trick um, against Sunderland and then bagged another goal against Burnley that is the type of player who potentially later on in the season um,
1: could be featured I think well he signed his pro con I mean he t- he isn't he technically going to be rostered for Norwich? like if he signed it his pro contract, yeah, like
2: very unusual to get a young young player like that and get him straight into the the first.
1: Uh, man's Man's coming out and picking up hat tricks. We need goal scorers. He's also a midfielder, which is great flexibility for the middle of our field. I think. Um, I think that's I think that's one of the positions we need to strengthen up a little bit. Obviously, we've got sat. We've got a lot of good pieces in there. So no, we no,
0: Duncan get... want more. <sighs> I, I mean, last week you were against more midfielders, and now we have one that no, scores no, goals. No, no, Watmore,
1: Watmore, Watmore was a winger. This okay. guy is an out-and-out midfielder. Okay. There's there's a difference. And and after last week, you know, like, Watmore did some more reading. There was talks of him just coming in as an out-and-out striker. If that was the case, I'd be more okay with it, but still not thrilled. Um, I think, I think the support in the midfield will be good. I think... I'm much more of an endurance style thinker, where I'm like, okay, we only have so many guys we can cycle in and out, and obviously strikers are one of those positions we don't have a lot of bodies to swing in and out. But if if Chuba and Britt are split split in time on the field each game, I don't think it's too terrible for them. Um, but I think I look at our midfielders who most of the time don't even come off the, the field for the entire game, and it's like you got guys who are playing consecutive games. So I think. I think some young blood, a guy who's got a hot foot in the U twenty three circuit, why not throw him in? I think I, I think Warnock just based off his little, you know, like, like we said, he likes to give the guy some stick. I could totally see him throwing this guy in as like a hey, this guy's this guy's got some stuff. I'm gonna give him a shot, see if he can hack it, and you know, it'll it might make some old guys uncomfortable. It might brew some good com- competitive spirit, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset with a move like that.
0: Maybe not. Maybe not the Norwich game. Um, no, definitely not Norwich game. I would, I would, I would, I could see him coming on. At now people, Darby. people, yeah, Darby. Maybe in the last like ten minutes. Uh,
1: I, you know, the the way Warnock's done this with the uh, what was it the the Barnley game, Burnley, Barnley. I forget who it was in the. Burnley? Yeah, Barnsley in the Carabao game where he started a whole bunch of guys who don't start, didn't start. You know, like gave a lot of guys some good chance. I could potentially see him doing that with darby which is where my hesitation of us falling asleep at the wheel kind of comes but if we can secure a win with putting some new guys on the field i'm absolutely here for it
0: greg what do you think um about bringing this youngster on to to pro contract
2: um yeah i haven't seen a lot of it apart from just his uh just his stats um i think you know essentially what usually will happen in these cases is that you know they are brought on fairly young, fairly early. And, you know, not, not a lot of players have kind of come through the last few years. You know, we've still kind of flirted with a few players. Um, Steve Walker's back at Milton Keynes, I think. And, um, you know, we've had Lewis Wing come in, who was kind of, you know, bit of a bit of a sensation for a few games, but has kind of struggled for consistency, which we talked about last week. And, um, you know, I think, i would like to see him come in and and be given a shout uh you know be given a shot rather and just just you know maybe there's a kind of you know maybe something happens and he gets an opportunity and you know he he can take that opportunity but i think right now because we have very few options um you know let's hope there isn't any injuries and and he doesn't have to play but it would be (laughs) nice to see him come in and get some experience um playing against wayne rooney well, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna say, yeah, this is a tough old league. There's some old bodies in there, some old heads. You know, a lot. You know, if if they're good enough, they'll play them, right? You know, that's always been the the you know the kids can can play as well as the old guys, but you know, you don't want to put somebody in and they have a stinker, and then their confidence is shot. Because you know, like we spoke with Mark on the podcast, one you know one of his big issues was that he wasn't mature enough at the time to know that. You know, when he wasn't getting picked, it wasn't his fault. It was just that he wasn't the right person for the team at that time and he didn't, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't address it in a mature manner because he wasn't maturely able to. So I wouldn't want to put the guy in and put the young lad in and expect him to kind of, you know, do worldies <laughs> and all of a sudden he has a shocker and his confidence is down in the dumps. But I don't think, yeah. um, I don't think Warnock and his team would allow that to happen to the young kids. No. So. But yeah, let's see. It should be interesting. Yeah. Talking about
0: talking about interesting things coming up, folks, we have entered into the period of the international break. Um, it's so international, in fact, and it's uh, such a break that I international break. I genuinely uh. thought we had a, thought, <laughs> Great, thought we had a match thrill. today. I was like <laughs> checking Google and I was just like, what? There's no match today. Um. so sad sad to miss out on, on Championship Tuesday, but we do have some folks who are featuring. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Northern Ireland, lads, and, and primarily our Northern Ireland boys. Uh, McNair and Saville, they're playing in the, the Euro playoff final against Slovakia. Anybody want to take a wild prediction at this game, not knowing anything about either of the two
2: sides? A little bit. I'm not completely out of the loop. Um, Northern Ireland are kind of a little bit like like Borough, I guess they've kind of got a an under understated squad, understated team, but they've got some good players. Um, you know, McNair, who's, you know, Warnock's come out and said he could do well in the Premier League. Uh, obviously, he didn't listen to our podcast because I said I didn't know if he would make it. So I think I would, you know, believe my opinion above Neil Warnock's. But <laughs> that's just... Uh, that's just you know, I mean, you that's, know... That's why you get paid the big bucks right exactly exactly <laughs> Psych. I'm not doing this for I'm not doing this for free um, uh, great yeah, news flash you know, they've got, you're doing this for got free some Good players yeah they've got some good players so, I mean you know <laughs> I think
1: <laughs> hey Siri, take it easy Seriously, um, Siri's got a mind of her own. she wants to uh, let you know yeah
2: I think they, I think they'll I think they can turn this and and they can get they can get through um I think they'll they'll win over the two. Uh, the two legs, I think.
0: I I fancy Northern Ireland. Uh, former Southampton player, I think Stephen Davis or Stephen Davies. Yeah, Stephen Davies. Ste- yeah, Stephen uh, Davis, You know, plays there. I, I think. I think. You know what? Why not take them over, uh, Slovakia, baby? Let's do it. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> well, Brad, I don't prediction? know. I'm working on it, you know, I don't let's see they set they set third in Group C, which was a group of Germany and Netherlands, so they finished behind them. The other two were Belarus and Estonia uh, i mean i'd I'd hope they wouldn't go below those two, so I mean that's all right um playing a Slovakia team who be island yeah the island. that that was the one thing I was looking at was that's that's kind of a big takeaway. I don't know. It seems like a toss-up to me. It could go either way. It might be a sloppy game. It might be a good game. I don't know. Um, man, I I think I got to lean towards Slovakia. One nil, one two, nah, two one. Ham's favorite scoreline, two one.
2: Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, Northern Ireland beat Bosnia as well, which is they've got some real good players. Um, yeah. So. Who knows? Yeah, I think. I fancy Northern Ireland to to squeak it one nil.
0: Um, I I don't think this is the time where I need to cash in my five zero. So I'm gonna, hold, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna holster that one. Uh, I will reference it every episode though until the point I feel ready. Maybe that Derby game. Um, that's I, I think that's bold. That is that is <laughs> mega bold and a bit ahead of where we are. So I'll, I'll say I'll say two zero. No, people score for their country. They they put on that, you know, they don that kit, and, and they understand what's at stake. Oh, man. i kind of a little
2: one. indecisive.
0: I, I am indecisive. We're going to go 2-1, but I'm not going to call the team. I just think it's going to be
1: 2-1. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. play. Bad play. Um, Plausible deniability for the win. Yeah.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the United States of America. Uh, The men's national team releasing quite the treat um, of...
1: Wait, do they exist in the national soccer scene? Excuse me? The flaw is yours. Uh,
0: (laughs) I am thrilled. And folks, you know why? Because there's not a single MLS player on this list. Um...
1: It's been how long since that happened? Uh, since the never. inception of the MLS? You know, yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> we're very fortunate. Thank you, Greg Bearhalter, for taking into consideration the MLS playoffs. If you could do that all the time, um, that would be great, because I think European soccer is simply better than the MLS. And, and, if, and if our national team is going to be serious about advancing and not losing to Trinidad and Tobago. Um, then we probably <laughs> need to be playing guys who are playing in Europe. You looking at the goalkeepers, we've got folks at club Rouge, their champions league, um, you know, team Leicester in the champion, champions league. And Oh, are they in the champions league or did they finish? Leicester, in Europa? Yeah. Are they in Europa? No, they're not. They're not in Europa. Uh, no. No. Oh, okay, cool. Man City, Zach Steffen. Um, I, I'm expecting him to to probably start over at Eden Horvath. We'll see. Defenders, you know Matt Miazga, a, a former Reading, uh, defender himself. Now at Andrlich, hopefully he's working with Vincent Company. Um, Tim Reem, you know that name does bring me, um, uh, a little bit of joy and, a, and maybe some sadness. Uh, I do I do Some love fear. I do love that guy's beard. However, I remember I was watching the, the playoff final for the championship, Fulham versus Brentbrook, <laughs> and they were like, No player has completed fewer dribbles this season than this player on Fulham and then like it wasn't an Affleck pop up, but that's what I'm thinking of. The thing popped up and they were <laughs> oh, like yeah, <laughs> it was it was um, they were like Tim Ream and they were like he has three dribbles on the season and I was
2: like, Holy shit. Like, Why would what? anybody cite Tim Ream for being a dribbler of any sort, apart from when he's got an ice cream? Maybe. Well, uh, they they
1: did the opposite. They cited him for being an anti-dribbler. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's exactly it. He's the uh, he's the Adama Traore of dribblers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're we're happy to
0: see him. I, also, Adama Traore is
1: the guy who runs up and first touches a shot from forty oh, yards out. That guy <laughs> never true.
0: never gets out of the weight room. Um, Sergio. He he is a heifer. Um Sergio Des playing at, at Barcelona. I think that's fantastic to have an American playing there a lot. Um I'd love to highlight the midfield here. You know, Weston McKinney at Juve, that's a fantastic pickup. Tyler Adams scoring an absolute screamer. Uh thinking back over the summer in the Champions League knockout stages, you know, fantastic to have him on the field. I just think there's a lot of and, and even Eunice Musa at Valencia. Um from what i've read he's he's been playing pretty well so you know there's a lot of uh, a lot of potential here forwards conrad de la fuente also a barcelona fantastic um christian pulisic i believe he is actually injured right now uh, however, yeah i, know I think he so. report, he's got a hammy he did report to training um and, and josh sargent <laughs> is also out unfortunately and he is somebody who has been somewhat earmarked uh, can't forget to mention giorena uh, that man delivers assists upon assists to um,
2: Norway's mm. wonder boy, Erling Haaland. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he's he's a really good player, isn't he? I I wasn't I didn't see a lot of him. I know I read a lot of him, but I hadn't seen a lot of him. But it seems like he's no. he's going to be a lot better than his dad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. Uh, well, different different sorts of players. That's not fair to uh, to season. Apples to reasons. oranges. Apples yeah, to oranges. Yeah. He was a
1: good player, but not in the same way yeah so it'll be as as a as someone who's not who's gotten tired of u.s soccer the last couple of years i'm just excited to see a lot of new faces not necessarily not sure of the quality we're going to get i think i think there's there's definitely some quality on that that last squad that just wasn't there um didn't show up something about the old guys just not being able to show up and finish um so i'm excited to see i'm so excited for change you know in a in a world where we are very hesitant to change, um, I'm glad the U.S. Men's National Team finally uh, got with it and decided to say, you know, we've had you guys in the squad for, I don't know, what was it, almost 12 years it felt like it was the same team and they just didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, so I think it's great to see s- some new faces and I'm excited to see what they can do because before when they'd go out and play, you'd be like, oh, it's the men's team. They're probably going to blow it. <laughs> pretty much
0: yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see what greg bearholder can do um i don't i don't think he's the long-term solution i um, however with world cup qualifying uh in the not too distant future i think it's going to be important for the the team to kind of decide whether they're going to stick with him or, or pursue other options um so we'll see. Yeah, important game mm-hmm. against Wales. I th- I think that's a huge test. Uh, mm-hmm. And then just to see if like we can hang around somebody who can hang around some of the folks in Europe. Um, mm-hmm. I I probably am doing them a disservice. And then Panama, a team who did qualify for the World Cup last time round. Um, I'm 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 hoping for some dubs uh, out of those matches.
1: Yeah. I think like, like, Wales, like you said, will definitely be like a big uh, proving match. You know, we'll we'll see what we're made of. Uh.
2: Yeah, I I think the the I don't know where the US and and the um, Wales are ranked uh, in the world, but you know, Wales do have some good players. I don't know if Gareth Bale will actually play because he was potentially injured against um, West Brom at the weekend. But is that um, dude ever healthy? No, man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so but you know they've, <laughs> just they've perpetually got a... injured and decides to play when he wants to <laughs> Yeah pretty much um but yeah they've got a strong they got a strong set of of, of players to play uh, yeah. pick from and they've just got a really good um
0: well, I hope they stick it to Key for more you know Yeah exactly <laughs> That's what you yeah, get That guy what happened <laughs>
2: him? Who, who's that guy um, but yeah Another I think helpful. that'll be a good I think well, that would yeah. be a really good uh a competition. And then the Panama game obviously I think they went you know, they went to the World Cup like you said, didn't you know they didn't they didn't embarrass themselves but they didn't you know they didn't do anything crazy either. So um we'll see how that goes. I, I think you should be looking for, you know, some good re- good performances no matter you know of the result. You know, this is a, a building squad, a very young squad for the US so mm-hmm. um hopefully those guys can definitely play to their ability and not worry about their kind of you know the the stage that they're playing on so
1: yeah it's funny you know thinking about it like when you think of US soccer team it's like for me the first thing that comes to mind is the women's team like they're the ones that are out there getting trophies and doing things and making an international name for US soccer. The men's team is like, oh they're a joke.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You said you said like the national team and I just thought of Landon Donovan. Just like Slowly <laughs> losing hair, running down the field. I don't know why.
1: I just <laughs> picked her a bald spot now, and you think, oh, well, uh, uh, yeah. Kissella, yeah. jo- Josie out the door. Oh my well, gosh!
0: I swear, if there's any more, I bless his heart. But you know, sorry, Freddy playing for Toronto. Do. Oh no, Freddie Adu, real <laughs> playing in the playing in the USL, real. You know, I actually watched him play a match uh, when he played for the Tampa Bay Rowdies uh, recently. So, you know, that's somebody. Was a
1: uh, Tampa Bay? Didn't didn't you play on a sports team in Tampa Bay?
0: Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I I did I did uh, play semi professional ultimate folks. So if you ever want to talk ultimate about frisbee. ultimate frisbee and, and what it's like to play on a competitive circuit. Uh, <laughs> I could talk to you about Cannon, cannons go boom, cannons go boom, baby. Love my love my Tampa Bay cannons. If you're out there listening, you know, go boom, baby. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I've got. That's what I've got to say. Well, lads, um, up the burra, cheers, mates. Up the burra,
1: the Enjoy and the rest of your uh, Veterans Day, fellas. Yes, Day well. Remembrance Day. Yep. Take
0: care, everybody. God bless.
1: Up the burra, yeah.